Hi, I'm Mark Kernian and I teach chemistry. Hi, I'm Jack Kernian and I teach physics. And welcome to the My Science Podcast, where learning about chemistry and physics becomes what it always should have been, fun and interesting, yet serious and valuable. Mark and I are identical twin brothers who started our careers as engineers and switched to science education more than three decades ago. That's over 60 years of combined experience teaching high school students about the amazing insights of the physical sciences. And we want to share that experience with you. So if you have any comments or questions about today's podcast, send them to Kernian at myscience-prep.com. That's K-E-R-N-I-O-N at myscience-prep.com. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, well, we're back for another installment of the Chemistry and Physics podcast from chemistryprep.com. And I always like starting out my podcast by asking Jack a question that he might be able to answer from a physics perspective. Hopefully, um, uh, he comes up with a proper answer for this. We'll find out. No guarantees. (laughs) I've learned that, yeah. (laughs) Okay, Jack, so I want to ask you, uh, what springs to mind when you hear the letters? And I want you to think about this from a physics perspective. Mm -hmm. AC. Alternating current? Alternating current. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. a lot of people, when I say that, yeah. a lot they think uh, air conditioning, right? Oh, air, yeah. AC is oftentimes used to describe that. But right. I think when you talk to a physicist, they're probably going to say alternating, uh, alternating current. current. Yeah. yeah, and if I asked you to say what you what springs to mind when you hear DC, you would say? Direct current. Direct current, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what if I asked you to tell me what you would say if, if you heard um, the words together, like ACDC? Well, that's a, a rock band, right? <laughs> that's right, yeah. You know where they're from? Um, actually, I don't, although that that's a classic sort of physics thing to use, but I don't know where they're from. Yeah, uh, they got their name for their group from their sister looking at some kind of an electronic instrument and on it with, had the letters ACDC because they wanted to have uh, a represent like energy and raw power. Oh, and okay. And so they, they, because they were, they considered themselves a, a you know, a, a, a rock and roll band. Although a lot of people put them into the heavy metal category. Right, and things like I that. do, yeah. But yeah. you've probably heard of uh, many of their songs. Sure. Uh, is any that come to mind? Not, not uh, like not, I'm, I'm sure I can sing them, but I probably don't know their names. Yeah, I think for these uh, songs, we've probably heard them on the radio, not even necessarily mm-hmm. knowing that it was ACDC, but mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that really, really like oh, ACDC. Yeah. Very, sure. very popular group. Yeah. Um, you know, back in the um, back in late, the olden days, yeah, <laughs> the late like nineteen seventies yeah, and eighties like, and things. Listening like that. to radio and stuff. Does anybody listen That's to radio right, yeah. anymore? <laughs> so and on Spotify, maybe now or Apple Music. But go ahead. But there, I'm just there's trying to bring of, you up to like the to this year. That's <laughs> right. There's there's uh, I'll have to remember that. There's one song that um, that was very popular that they released in 1976 that had something to do with chemistry though. Oh. And I'm wondering if you um, might know what that you don't know what that I don't, song is. No, yeah. I don't. Yeah, it's called. Uh, TNT. Have you ever oh, heard of like you yeah, know that, the chorus that does, for that? Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know how but, it goes? No, but I mean, I've, oh. I've heard that title before. Yeah, it starts like TNT. We're dynamite. TNT. No. You don't remember that at <laughs> no, all? Yeah. No. Well, uh, I'm going to play it. Uh, okay. we'll, we'll take a little break right now. Okay.
this All right, so you just heard the um, the chorus for TNT. Jack wasn't uh, familiar with it, but I'm sure many, many of you are. I'm not as cool as you are. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> That's true. But then um, the words in the chorus say, uh, TNT, I'm dynamite. Uh, and, 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 and that's bugged me for so many years because TNT is not really dynamite. That's a completely mm. different substance. Wow. <laughs> Jack, do you have any idea about what TNT might stand for? I know that the, it's like tri-nitro something or other. I can't remember that's what it is. That's right. It's, it's called tri-nitro-toluene. Ah, okay. And um, it's, a, it's a substance that's it's very much different than the component in, in dynamite. But mm. people think about them as being the same because they're, they're generally referred to as like high explosives. Right, yeah, they blow up. Yeah, right, yeah. and mm-hmm. we've seen that even in like TV and movies mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. even cartoons I think about. Like, do you ever see... TNT on any um, any explosive in something like Bugs Bunny or <laughs> I've, I've seen I, I use a lot of like Roadrunner cartoons in my class because they do a lot of like fake science fake physics right yeah, yeah. and and instead of uh, having people have to think about things they want to use symbols that people recognize mm-hmm. as uh, certain materials and so they they could show like a, a drawing of a, a stick of dynamite but they commonly put TNT on it because mm-hmm. it's easy for people to recognize it's memorable and and uh, you don't have to even be able to read to recognize that this is something that's going to explode I've right. even seen like on on kegs of gunpowder they right. write TNT yeah. and it's not TNT at all right right that but, is funny yeah uh, even on um, uh, bottles of, of whiskey uh, they used to put markings XXX on it for the people that couldn't read <laughs> yeah. to know that there was alcohol in here I and see so yeah, that's really um, interesting it's a common thing that we've done uh, over you know in our society mm-hmm. and, and but in, in one regard though it, it it causes people to have a lack of literacy in terms of the chemistry that's going right. on so yeah, and that's what you care about exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well everybody has their own sort of purpose for the things yeah. that they're trying to bring out and so in cartoons it doesn't really matter what what the explosive is but right. when it comes to chemistry it, it does they're they're really two different things yeah uh, tnt as i said stands for trinitrotoluene and the component of dynamite is not that at all do you know mm. what the component of dynamite is that makes it explode oh i i, I think it's like some sort of black powder i, I don't know maybe no. i could be completely yeah, wrong black powder is more like gunpowder uh-huh. and it, it contains different substances oh, okay. uh, it has like sulfur and carbon wow. and and potassium nitrate in it something oh, okay. that's referred to as salt p I don't know. Oh, if sure. Heard yeah. That. Sure. Yeah. But uh, and that's really considered to be like a low explosive. Oh. Okay. But TNT and uh, and the substances in the dynamite that's high explosive. And I know you know what this is. I'm sure I huh? do. I just, it's just yeah. not coming to yeah. mind. You've seen it. I've Sorry. seen it in movies. That's okay. <laughs> Sometimes it weeps out of sticks of dynamite. There's like an oily liquid, huh. and it's contact sensitive. Uh, if you just touch it, it really can explode. Yeah. Okay. That's why dynamite is. Is so, so dangerous. Yeah, like handling could be a problem. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's yeah, we're going to talk about that in just a little okay. bit. I'm, but the substance my... is, is nitroglycerin. Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Sure. <laughs> and sure, I think sure. everybody's heard of nitroglycerin. <laughs> you just caught uh, me off guard. I, okay. I do know that. No, I'm glad because I think it's, <laughs> yeah. it's the kind of thing that most people experience. You know it, but it doesn't come to mind. Yeah. And there's so much chemistry going on that those yeah. kinds of things can get like just yeah. bowled well, you, over. You in may terms of the bring name. this up later in the podcast. I don't know, but I always think of nitroglycerin as a almost like a, a medicine or something you put onto your tongue I am going to bring that a up. heart attack yes, or something. Yeah, I'm going to so, bring yeah, that up okay. in just a bit. I'll, I'll yeah. hold off that okay, on questions. Right. So TNT is based off of the um, molecule toluene, 
And, uh, and toluene is based off of the molecule benzene. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering mm-hmm. if you have any recollection of what benzene is, because it is a fairly important yeah. chemical. Well, only that there's like a ring, a benzene ring of some sort. That's right. It's a hexagonal connection mm-hmm. of carbon atoms. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like so, a hexagon. Which would be how many then? Six. Six, that's mm-hmm. right. Six carbons and then enough hydrogens mm-hmm. uh, f- for each carbon to have one. But that, what mm-hmm. that means is there has to be alternating single and double bonds in the ring. Okay. Okay. And it really brings about a certain stability to that molecule. Mm-hmm. And as a result, um, it, it has this property called aromaticity. Okay. And uh, aromaticity gives an indication that the molecule is a bit more stable than it would be if it didn't exhibit this kind of thing. Okay. A certain number of double bonds are around for the mm-hmm. total number of, of yeah. bonds that are you present. Mean like, and just uh, to make sure that everybody understands, mm-hmm. you're talking about like bonding between the atoms inside the That's right. Within the, the, within the, the molecule, molecule itself, not from molecule to molecule. Right. That's a different right. kind of bonding. What's called, inter, I know this, yeah. intermolecular <laughs> versus yeah. intramolecular, right. which right. is the kind that we're talking about. Okay. So at all covalent bonding. And, and so benzene's a, 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 a stable molecule, but you, you can replace the hydrogens that are on the carbon in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you end up with different kinds of aromatic compounds. And if you replaced it with a methyl group, that's, that's a carbon with three hydrogens attached mm-hmm. to it, then uh, on, just for one of the carbons replacing the hydrogen with that, you end up with toluene, oh, okay. which is something that you're familiar with. You can go to Home Depot and buy yeah. toluene. Yeah. It's commonly yeah. used as paint thinner. Right, yeah. Um, I hate getting that. It smells really bad. It has an odor to it, yeah. yeah. But it is much safer than benzene. Benzene is carcinogenic. Oh, whereas wow. Whereas toluene, okay. I'm sure if it, it's harmful if you mm-hmm. uh, ingest it, but mm-hmm. um, but it's not like where uh, if you're around it, you're going to get cancer right. with benzene. Right. Benzene used to be used by chemistry teachers all the time in chemical demonstrations wow. until... Uh, they realized that uh, had a carcinogenic nature wow. to it. So well, that's kind of sad. It's still very much used in industry, though. I mean, okay. benzene is a very, very common chemical. You just huh. have to use it uh, in the in the proper way and okay. use safety precautions and mm-hmm. things like that. Well, if you have uh, toluene, which is really um, CH3C6H5, so okay. instead of C6H6, we replace mm-hmm. one of the hydrogens with the CH3 group. Yeah. And then uh, replace a um, uh, the... Uh, hydrogens with some nitro groups as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and those are no2 groups okay then you end up with trinitrotoluene so okay. three nitro okay. groups substituted for the hydrogens in benzene and one hydrogen substituted with the ch3 wow. gives you this um, okay. explosive substance called mm-hmm. tnt mm-hmm. it's not nearly as touch sensitive as nitroglycerin is though okay but you know you could set it off and okay. when it goes off it is a high explosive okay we'll talk about what that means in just a second mm-hmm. but uh, nitroglycerin is not based off of benzene nitroglycerin is based off of what molecule do you think based nitrogen and no, it's not nitrogen oh what molecule? Nitroglycerin. Um. <laughs> As I was describing up above, TAT has uh, yeah. TNT has those nitro groups yeah. um, on yeah. it, and so that's what we call it trinitrotoluene. Yeah. yeah, and so nitroglycerin would be have nitro groups on what molecule? On glycerin. On glycerin. Yeah. That's right. Glycerin okay. is uh, a fairly uh, familiar uh, yeah. substance for many of uh, many people. It's a very viscous liquid, right. and it's. And it's used in a lot of different things. Uh, one of the things that comes to mind is, is you can make uh, bubble solutions with yeah, it. Yeah, that's, and, you know yeah. what, when you were talking about that, I was thinking back, I knew I used it in demonstrations because I borrowed it from a chemistry teacher mm-hmm. when I was teaching in high school and in order to make something, but I couldn't remember what that something was. You and it was bubble solution. Because yeah. sometimes I'll, I would talk about the formation and the dissolution of bubbles from a... Um, physics perspective and, you know, uh, what kind of reflective properties the bubbles oh, would have sure. as they yeah. got thinner 
So yeah, mm-hmm. and I remember borrowing the glycerin. So now that, that makes you sense. You put that in a soap solution, it makes much better. Yeah, bottles. yeah, yeah. And so yeah, glycerin is oftentimes used too as like a bit of a lubricant. It's pretty slippery. Yes. And yes. so um, so you have this molecule glycerin, which is really based off of the molecule propane. Oh, okay. And propane is a an, uh, an organic alkane, it's called. Mm-hmm. It has three carbons. Mm-hmm. The beginning of the organic name gives you an indication as to how many carbons are present. Mm-hmm. So if you have one carbon, mm-hmm. then it would start with meth. Oh, All right. Okay. So methane okay. has one carbon. In right. It. And if you have two carbons, it starts with ETHF. Ethane. And so the ethane yeah, has yeah. two carbons. And then propane, P-R-O-P, three. has three carbons. Okay. Yeah. And enough hydrogens to satisfy its combining so capacity. So four would be quatrain? No, I'm just no, <laughs> You know it. You know, it would I be know. butane. Butane. Yeah, yeah, okay. B-U-T Got beginning. it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's okay. So um, propane is like C3H8. Mm-hmm. The two outside carbons have three hydrogens. The inside carbon has two hydrogens. And so you add up all those hydrogens and you get Comes eight, eight, C3H8. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the general formula for that would be like twice as many carbons plus two more for the hydrogens. Ah, okay. so, mm-hmm. uh, but you could replace those hydrogens in propane mm-hmm. just like you could replace hydrogens in benzene. Yeah. And when you replace the benzene one hydrogen and benzene, you get what? Do you Toluene. remember toluene? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. When you what replace, you think I, mean? I, got, <laughs> I just want to make sure you were yeah, listening. I'm following you. Yeah. Go ahead. And when you replace uh, the hydrogens on the individual carbons in propane with um, with OH groups, mm-hmm. then you get glycerin. Okay. So okay. glycerin has three individual OH groups. Or they're called hydroxyl groups yeah. on each carbon, mm-hmm. and that allows for the molecules to really want to cling to each other because you get oh. this intermolecular bonding yeah. called hydrogen bonding. And that's, and that's what, what causes the feeling of yes, viscous. Okay. Well, the, viscous. the viscousness. Yeah, of it doesn't the, want to separate. Right. Yeah. Uh, the uh, it's, it's a thicker liquid. Right. Right. You could replace the hydrogens with uh, or in the hydroxyl groups with nitro groups, though. Okay. And then you end up with nitroglycerin. Okay. okay. So uh, uh, the uh, produces this high explosive, a substance that is characterized by like rapid decomposition uh, and very high high pressures. Uh, whereas low explosives like gunpowder or like you use in a firecracker or something. Yeah, that yeah, would be that, okay. that would be a low explosive. Yeah, I think I remember now. Okay. Or, uh, or smokeless powders. Um, they're yeah. simply fast burning and yeah. they're relatively low pressures. Okay. All right. So uh, if you uh, detonate, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, there's a particular term there, detonation Act, means yeah. um, exploding these particular substances characterized by this rapid decomposition and high pressure, then you can get a shock wave produced. Yeah. yeah. And I would think in physics you have an understanding yeah. of oh, what sure, a shock sure. wave is. Yeah, Tell yeah. me what a shock wave That's is. That's when you have a, a sound source, at least this, this is the way I think about it, mm-hmm. a sound source that's, that's moving faster than and the wave that it's producing kind of gets in front of the wave. And then the, the uh, waves that are being produced kind of add up or superposition to get a super high pressure along, uh, uh, you know, some sort of a shape, generally a cone, a cone shape thing. That makes sense to yeah. me. What okay. I think about is like uh, um, a shock wave would be a wave that travels faster than the speed of sound. That's the okay. way I've, I've okay. described well, the, At least the source before. does. Uh-huh. The source of it does. The, the actual wave is going to travel the, whatever the speed of sound is in that particular medium. Okay. So it depends on the temperature and so on. But it does, in a sense, there's something that has to be moving faster than the sound wave. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, if you were to crack a whip, mm-hmm. the very end of the whip ends up moving faster than the sound wave it's producing. Okay. And therefore, behind it, it kind of... Uh, there's like there's an adding up or a overlapping of all the waves that it's producing ends up being super high pressure. Okay. So I think yeah. that's kind of what you're getting at. Sure, there, yeah. Right? And it produces 
I mean, what we would describe as like a shock. Then, yeah, I suppose sure. if you're experiencing. Oh yeah, it. and it, like you can knock some shock waves can knock people and houses over. Well, and that's the whole yeah. idea. There's mm-hmm. a, and that's something I want to talk about right after the break. Okay. Hi, I'm Ben from the band Sonic Acrylic, who provided the music for this podcast. We just put out our new album, Alternates. Here's a clip from track four, Disasteroid. That was Disasteroid off of our new album, Alternates. To hear more, go to Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or anywhere else you like to listen. Or head on over to our website, sonicacrylic.com. Okay, so shockwaves are something you don't want to get in front of, right, Jack? No, so, for sure. Get knocked over. And so tell me, like, we, we call black powder a low explosive because mm-hmm. then... Well, because I, from what you said before, it makes sense that the waves that it produces are traveling at the speed of sound, but the disturbance that's causing those waves is traveling slower than the speed of sound. So it doesn't produce this kind of wave that kind of builds up on itself and causes a huge pressure that then can hit into things. And it's that extra pressure can cause a force that knocks things over, blows out windows, things like that. That's right. Yeah. For a high explosive like nitroglycerin, the opposite. It, it, the opposite. Yeah, yeah right. I've heard it uh, said that I've seen it that the shock wave for nitroglycerin is like six thousand meters per wow. second. Okay, well that's way faster than the speed of sound. Yeah, which is so. around three hundred forty-three meters per right, second. Exactly. So mm-hmm. you can sort of understand why a shock wave gets produced. But the thing that you were saying mm-hmm. just a second mm-hmm. ago is the reason why um, um, that these things are used to do different things, like right. to, to move things, right. uh, things right. like dynamite to move rock and earth. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and so in chemistry, uh, what, what we really want to do when, when uh, we want to make a reaction do work uh-huh. is to produce gases that oh, expand. Yeah. That makes and perfect so, sense. Uh, the yeah. expansion of gases mm-hmm. is uh, um, uh, what you could use to, to get work done. In fact, the formula that I always think about mm-hmm. is minus W equals um, P delta V. Okay, so you yeah. know what the minus that's W the wor- stands for? That's the work. Yeah, yeah, and we always look at it from the system's perspective. Mm-hmm. So the system is losing energy or do- right. doing work. Yeah, and this goes and then, back to our talk about James Joule mm-hmm. and what uh, energy is, the right, ability the to do work. Yes. And mm-hmm. so you're kind of bringing that around to that, which exactly. is Exactly, yeah. So whatever the pressure is times the change in volume right. of the gas. Mm-hmm. And so um, an explosive decomposition of, of nitroglycerin, just four molecules of it, mm-hmm. uh, produces like uh, a lot of gas yeah. at high temperatures. And so I those see. things are, gonna, um, are mm-hmm. going to uh, spread out and right. then could bowl things over or do yeah. work. Right. That's, again, that's the way in which we get work done chemically. Yeah. Well, this uh, kind of re- reminds gases. me of something I think that we probably either will talk about a lot or maybe have mentioned here and there in the podcast about thinking about um, different substances as being made of particles. And so the gaseous particles, they're they're real, and then they spread out. Whether they spread out quickly or slowly will determine how much volume change takes place in a certain amount of time. That's right. And what you're saying here is the volume change is pretty rapid. It's right? very yeah. rapid and, and, and very numerous. Like four mm-hmm. molecules of nitroglycerin mm-hmm. produces six molecules of nitrogen, yeah. 12 molecules of carbon dioxide, wow. 10 molecules of water vapor, and one molecule of oxygen, all wow. gases. Wow. And the vast amounts of heat that are released cause this to expand. Yeah, it's um, high and, kinetic energy. Yeah. Then, yeah. Whereas black powder, like uh, gunpowder, uh, you have, uh, as we mentioned before, 
before, like potassium nitrate, mm-hmm. carbon, and sulfur. Yeah. So it's like four particles of potassium nitrate, seven atoms of carbon, mm-hmm. one atom of sulfur produces mm-hmm. only eight molecules of gas. It's still a lot, but nowhere right. near as it's much as the other. What, yeah. and, 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 this, and, this, and, the, and the change in pressure which happens as a result mm-hmm. is so much greater with... Um, with um, nitroglycerin mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. so you, you end up with uh, gunpowder getting like carbon dioxide carbon monoxide and nitrogen mm-hmm. produced i can visualize this now it really helps yeah. to see the number of particles that get produced so that's right that's, that's it's and that's like a, from a balanced chemical reaction equation right black powder produces a pressure of about six thousand atmospheres in wow. about a thousandth of a second wow and so that's wow. that's black powder six thousand atmospheres yeah. of pressure in a thousandth Still of high. a second which is high yeah. but it's not a high explosive right nitroglycerin produces about two hundred and seventy thousand atmospheres spheres wow. in a millionth of a second what? so that that's uh, shows you the amount of work that could be done with nitroglycerin yeah. as opposed to something like black powder that's an amazing comparison Jeez. yeah it really is mm-hmm. yeah so it really gives you the difference between those different kinds of substances mm-hmm. so i think the next natural thing might be to say is like uh, who discovered nitroglycerin mm-hmm. and, and how mm-hmm. how it was discovered mm-hmm. any idea about who that might be well on, I, you know i don't know the story behind it but i want to say something about alfred nobel but I, that's the only name that comes and I can understand why you yeah. might say that. Yeah. But it was hap- it happened in 1847 by an Italian physicist who we'll name in just a bit. Okay. This is Ben again from Sonic Acrylic. Really hope you enjoyed the clip we played at the last break. Going to play another one here for you off of track six on the album. This is called Forever. That was a clip off of track six, Forever. You can find more at Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Music, and wherever else you listen. Thanks. Okay, so back in 1847, the substance nitroglycerin was discovered by reacting some glycerin, which you now know mm-hmm. uh, yeah. what, what it looks like. What, what's glycerin? I think so, yeah. What is it? What is it? <laughs> you don't know. Glyc- no, 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 no. I know. Glycerin <laughs> is when you have um, carbon... Oh yeah, and and uh, methyl groups. No, no, no okay, you're missing, you did not listen. Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, it, it's based on propane in a oh, sense. Yeah, Instead yeah, of yeah, having yeah. Uh, th- uh, three hydrogens on the end carbon and, yeah. and two in the middle, mm-hmm. each hydrogen is um, substituted with an OH group or OH hydroxyl group. Okay, so you sorry, have three sorry, of those sorry, OH yeah, groups. Yeah, that's yeah. what that's what glycerin is. And then yeah. when you replace the hydrogens in the OH group with nitro groups, then you get and you the get nitroglycerin. So yeah. if you take glycerin and then react it with nitric and sulfuric acids, mm-hmm. you, you get this oily liquid that'll mm-hmm. be on the surface and that is the nitroglycerin. Oh, okay. And uh, uh, it was its discovery was kept secret for a while because the person who discovered recognize how, how dangerous okay. it was. Well, and that's his, good. Somebody's socially responsible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his name is um, Asenio Sobrero, oh, an okay. Italian physicist who studied at the University of Turin, oh. which is in North Italy. It's yeah. a very like famous, yeah, sure. uh, one of the best uh, universities mm-hmm. in Europe, actually, yeah. still yeah. to this day. Uh-huh. And uh, his mentor was a, a fellow named Paluse, and, okay. and, and he had another pupil, too, okay. um, that you probably heard of. Okay. I'm wondering if you know who 
um, Pelusé's other uh, pupil was. What year was this? This is like in the middle of the 1800s, huh. around 1850. I, I don't know. Yeah. His name was Alfred Nobel, oh, somebody you said before. Okay, so, okay. Alfred Bernard Nobel. Mm-hmm. And uh, he spent a lot of time after Sobrero discovered mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. nitroglycerin, finding mm-hmm. ways to handle it safely. I see. Okay. And so Sobrero mm-hmm. really didn't like the idea of people handling it. Yeah. Um, he, he considered yeah. it to be a very, very dangerous uh, substance. And that's why he kept it secret for a long time. Wow. Although he did taste it. Wow. <laughs> Which isn't so, uh, something that's unusual. If you remember when uh, we talked about Carl Chalet, yeah, yeah. remember Carl Chalet um, yeah. had the habit of tasting everything that he ever wow. worked with, and then wow. he was found slumped over his desk wow. with a stunned and terminal look on yeah. his face. Because it killed him. So I think back then, in the 1800s, people tasted stuff. And what wow. Sobrero recognized is that it gave him this massive headache. Really? And his limbs became loose. And uh, wow. uh, it was just a, a, a very... Um, bi- uh, biological response that, okay. uh, to nitroglycerin uh-huh. in addition to the danger that he saw as wow. being an explosive substance. But Nobel spent a lot of time trying to figure out um, how, to, how to handle it safely. Okay. He actually is the holder of 365 patents. Wow. He's an wow. engineer, a chemist, a physicist, an mm-hmm. entrepreneur. Um, mm-hmm. But he's most uh, famous for his invention of what? He has a patent on this. Is it dynamite? That's right. He yeah, invented okay. dynamite, okay. which contains nitroglycerin. Oh, okay. Uh, so uh, dynamite is a, a composite of materials mm-hmm. and not just one thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, Nobel at first was pr- trying to produce nitroglycerin and and do it in a, in a safe way and found mm-hmm. that he, he really struggled with trying to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he comes from an engineering family. His father had a business in Russia that made them fairly prosperous. Prior mm-hmm. to that, many of the companies that... Uh, that his father founded mm-hmm. went under. And so mm. they didn't have a lot of money at the beginning, but eventually mm-hmm. uh, he founded this armaments, uh, armaments company and factory in Russia and, and made a lot of money. Okay. And so that afforded um, uh, Alfred Nobel to go back to, to school and uh, even when he was pretty young at the time yeah. and really be educated in a, in a, in a, a formal, you know, formal way. way. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, um, he, he really spent a lot of time looking at explosive because his father worked uh, or had an armaments, <laughs> yeah. armaments uh, yeah. company. Yeah. But he, he was adept not only at chemistry, he was adept at language as well. And by the time mm-hmm. he was 18, he was fluent in English, French, German, Russian, as well as Swedish, his, his yeah. native tongue. Right. I find that to be common for a lot of, uh, <sighs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. of scientists. It's back funny because I'm preparing another one of our podcasts now and the person I'm focusing in on had a very similar story. It's it's crazy. We'll, we'll you'll see that probably on the next episode. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But his invention of dynamite was realized in two parts. Um, one, as you might envision, he had to find a way to make it safe to handle, mm-hmm. and then you also had to find a way to detonate it. This mm-hmm. high explosive. Mm-hmm. So you want to make mm-hmm. it safe, but you also mm-hmm. want to be able to make it blow up mm-hmm. when, when you want mm-hmm. to as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't know whether you'd be surprised by this. I know I was when I investigated some things about him that he not only invented dynamite, but he invented which which really encompassed uh, those two things. And mm-hmm. one of them was the blasting cap. Have you ever heard oh, wow. of a blasting cap? Well, I've seen in movies, <laughs> right? Yeah. So that's a major part of a stick of dynamite. Okay. I didn't realize that before okay. I started to investigate things as well. Yeah. So the blasting cap allowed for the detonation. Okay. You know, you could do it like just having a fuse. Uh-huh. That would then ignite the material in a, yeah. in a, um, in a container, okay. um, which would be an explosive, something like gunpowder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then that would produce enough energy yeah. to then cause the, the nitroglycerin to ex- explode in okay. a controlled kind of way. Uh-huh. But nitroglycerin, it really is a, a, a touch sensitive thing. And yeah. so to keep it 
where it wouldn't just explode on its own when you right. didn't want to to control it. Mm-hmm. Um, he recognized that you could mix it with a substance called diatomaceous earth. Okay. Which is uh, nothing more than like a, a sedimentary rock, mm-hmm. uh, sort of with a lot of silicone. And, and, yeah. and, it's kind and, of fluffy from what I remember. It's a white powder. Yeah. And it's yeah. really made of, made of fossilized remains of diatoms, which right. are just like a, an algae. Okay. And so um, it, it has the ability to be able to absorb the nitroglycerin and then also still remain porous. Oh. And that was that's important for nitroglycerin okay. to be able to explode the way that it does. I see. Mm-hmm. So um, a stick of dynamite then would have some kind of a fuse mm-hmm. uh, and then the blasting cap. Mm-hmm. And that would be surrounded by this sort of a clay-like substance okay. that is produced when the nitroglycerin mixes with the diatomaceous earth. Okay. And so you can make sticks out of that. That makes somewhat sense. somewhat plasticky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even uh, prior to making the dynamite, and even after the dynamite, like accidents happened. Sure. Because <laughs> uh, people use it in, in the wrong way. Um, yeah. Prior to the invention of dynamite, uh, he had a... Um, nitroglycerin factories around the world and one of them blew up in san francisco killed 14 people i did not know that yeah and one of them killed his brother too so that really uh, knocked him back a little bit sure um got hit by a by like a wave wave. yeah exactly (laughs) he he just always forged ahead though and Mm. never let the idea of these kinds of accidents Mm -hmm. stall him from trying to make it better and he always viewed i think that the nitroglycerin and then the dynamite as um something that was to help Okay. society okay but you know in reality um it it, it yeah, had a, a, an unfortunate a demise of yeah. a lot of people he claimed yeah. to be a pacifist even though he produced armaments huh. uh, his business success made him exceedingly wealthy yeah. but he never married and didn't have his own family okay i did read it in one um thing that he had a relationship with his housekeeper okay but uh never had a family okay uh in later life he studied uh he suffered from uh, heart pain um and 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 mm. he died from a cerebral hemorrhage hemorrhage mm. uh but in a, a twist of fate that that condition uh in a sense uh that, that killed him is now treated yeah. with nitroglycerin wow. uh, yeah. Uh, yeah you could either take nitroglycerin tablets yeah. people that are having heart attacks put them under that, their tongue right or right. you might have a nitroglycerin patch yes. that uh, goes through your that. skin. And, right. Um, and, it, and it causes the dilation of, of blood vessels. Mm-hmm. And so if you're having mm-hmm. heart pain, mm-hmm. that opens up some of the, some of the vessels to um, uh, allow for more blood, blood flow. flow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, that, 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 that headache that Sobrero had when he tasted the nitroglycerin, remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, he had this massive headache. Yeah. It was really because the nitroglycerin was dilating the blood vessels, <laughs> and uh, he didn't realize what was going on. Yeah. And mm-hmm. in another twist of fate, the, uh, the, a person got a, a Nobel Prize for his work on this as well in medicine. Okay. And so um, the Nobel Prizes, which Nobel yeah. founded, right. Right. ended up giving, uh, you know, uh, uh, a high uh, significance to mm-hmm. this medical doctor who okay. had determined how it is that nitroglycerin worked and it had to do oh, with wow. the nitro groups okay. or actually more nitrogen monoxide oh. that goes into the, um, into the blood and could cause the dilation of the blood vessels. Mm-hmm. In another twist of fate, his death was reported in a French newspaper uh, when in actuality it was his brother who had died. Oh, a different wow. Nobel had yeah. died. Okay. And so he, one of these kinds of things, which I don't think we'd ever all like to see is he had an opportunity to read his own obituary. Okay. And oh, wow. uh, it said like Dr. Alfred Nobel, who became rich by finding ways to kill more people faster than ever before died yesterday. Mm. And in this pretty, obituary, he was referred to as the merchant of death. Wow. And so Alfred wow. was very disappointed um, by what he read mm-hmm. and, and was really concerned about how he would be remembered. Sure. And so um, this realization helped him develop uh, uh, that um, that his development of explosives was associated with so many deaths in so mm-hmm. many ways too mm-hmm. in wartime yeah um, you know by accidents yeah. 
yeah. his brother. Um, wow. Even though he it's provided a carry, humanity you know? with a, like a, um, something that was considered good, there was a lot of weight on his shoulders Absolutely. with regards to that. Yeah. And so in one of the most famous wills of all time mm-hmm. uh, is when he... Um, um, founded some of the most prestigious international awards, the, mm-hmm. the Nobel Prizes. Mm-hmm. He established a trust fund with the bulk of his fortune worth, um, back then, $350 million. Wow. Which I don't even know how much that would be. So you know, you're talking about the late 1800s. That's probably so, yeah. billions. Yeah, billions, yeah. I would say now. So in his will, he wrote, all of my remaining realizable assets are to be dispersed as follows. The capital converted to safe securities by my executors is to constitute a fund. The interest on which is to be distributed annually as prizes to those who during the preceding year have conferred the greatest benefit to mankind. Mm. And so uh, the interest is to be divided into five equal parts and distributed as follows. One part to the person who made the most important discovery or invention in the field of physics. Okay. One part uh, to the person who made the most important chemical discovery or improvement. Mm -hmm. One part of the person who made the most important discovery within the domain of physiology or medicine. Uh One part to the person who in the field of literature produced the most outstanding work in an idealistic direction Hmm. and one part to the person who has done the most to advance a fellowship among nations the abolished uh, and to abolish and reduce standing armies and the establishment and the promotion of peace congresses Mm -hmm. and so those are the five prizes that he Mm -hmm. um, uh, Mm -hmm. envisioned Uh, later on uh, the um, people who were in charge of the trusts uh, made one for economics as well so there's a sixth Nobel Prize for economics But I think it is interesting, and those are words from his will that he wrote. I've seen the handwritten copy of it so uh, that establishes these things. And Mm -hmm. then it led other scientists to do great things like Mm -hmm. Linus Pauling, who Mm -hmm. we talked about. And Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if you remember Mm -hmm. the the distinction of Linus Pauling with regards to Nobel Prizes. Um, I think it was that he has a, a Nobel Prize in both chemistry and peace. That's right. right. Yeah. yeah right. Well, what, uh, other people have more than one Nobel oh, Prize, okay. but it's always been done in groups. The uh-huh. most important thing about Linus Pauling is that mm-hmm. he is the only person to ever win two independent, independent. Nobel Prizes. Mm-hmm. So one for mm-hmm. one for chemistry, one for peace. Right. So really, in that regard, he was a, a reflection of Nobel. I mean, really mm-hmm. interested mm-hmm. in the same kind of things that Nobel yes. was uh, was right. interested in. Mm-hmm. And then we talked about another person, the first person to win the chemistry Nobel Prize in 1901. Do you remember who that was? That's right, Jacobus Van Mm -hmm. Hoff. So Nobel, I think, uh, put a lot of um, his um, funds toward Mm -hmm. establishing Mm -hmm. better and better things. And Mm -hmm. even though he does have a lot of negativity associated with his name, um, nitroglycerin has been something that's been very valuable for us to use as a society. And so I think he should be given his due. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, thanks for that. That's that's really interesting, Mark. I appreciate it. I'm glad you liked it. Bye. This has been MySciencePrep.com's Chemistry and Physics Podcast. It was produced in Pittsburgh, PA. Visit MyScience-Prep.com for more episodes.